Welcome. This is our first episode in a series entitled Faithful Tools for Challenging Times. It's a series that came out of the difficulties we're all experiencing in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So over the next four episodes, we're going to look at varying emotions that we're going through and what some of the faithful responses could be that could help us address these difficult situations that we're finding ourselves in. So today we're going to focus on anxiety and worry. And we're going to reflect on centering prayer as a way to ground ourselves in the presence of God. So with that, let us pray. Giver of life, for sunshine and showers, we give you thanks. For food and drink, we give you praise. For clothing and shelter, we bestow our gratitude. Gather our worries and our burdens this day and shelter us from fear and despair. Help us rest assured in your arms, knowing that your loving care is enough. It is enough. It is enough. Amen. Our gospel reading is a passage taken from the Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 to 34. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Do not worry about your life. Jesus says this on the side of a mountaintop. He's led his disciples and interested followers up the side of a hill and he's preaching in what's become known as the Sermon on the Mount. Do not worry, he repeats. Do not worry. Well, it feels like there's a lot to worry about these days, Jesus. The global COVID-19 pandemic has brought with it a whole new set of significant worries. We worry about protecting our own health, the health of our loved ones, our neighbors. We stress over everyday decisions, weighing the risks of going to the store for milk or visiting a friend, eating indoors at a restaurant, going to work, sending our kids to school. 
everyday decisions have become moral dilemmas. It's exhausting. There's a great deal about the current situation that is uncertain, and that's a class classic recipe for anxiety, for worrying about tomorrow. And we know the weight of this stress and anxiety has not fallen equally upon everyone. We recognize the particular vulnerability of our seniors. We recognize that people of color and people living in poverty have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. The pandemic has exposed a great deal of racism and ageism at the heart of our society, and I'm worried about that. I think we should be worried about that. And in addition to our anxiety, there is, I think, grief. We grieve for those who have lost someone to the virus. And to a lesser degree, of course, we all are experiencing a sense of loss, of dreams interrupted, friends we miss, milestones left uncelebrated, weddings cancelled, babies born who haven't met their grandparents yet. For most of us, this pandemic experience is unprecedented. In these unprecedented times, you hear that a lot these days. And we know, of course, humanity has been here before. We can think of the 1918 influenza pandemic, the polio epidemic, which peaked in Canada in the 50s and saw quarantines and school closures. There are, of course, aspects of our current situation that are unique. But in a general sense, God's people have been here before. The 1662 Anglican Book of Common Prayer has a prayer for a time of common plague or sickness, just to give you an example. The anxiety we're experiencing, it's not unique to us. And if we look, we'll find that our faith tradition offers us some ancient tools for coping with uncertain times. In his teaching today, Jesus addresses worry and uncertainty head on. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or what your body what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are not you of more value than they? Do not worry. This reading kind of reminded me of a, a mad TV comedy sketch that I've seen with Bob Newhart and Mo Collins. Newhart is a therapist and Collins arrives for her first consultation. She's kind of nervous Newhart gives her a seat in front of his desk and informs her that he only charges $5 for the first five minutes and the rest of the visit, totally free. But he says he can almost guarantee the visit is not going to go much beyond five minutes. The patient launches into a problem. She has a fear of being buried alive in a box. It's made her life horrible. She can't go into tunnels or elevators or houses. Anything boxy, she says, just freaks her out. You're claustrophobic, the therapist says. Yes, yes, that's it, says the patient. The therapist replies, all right, well, I'm going to say two words to you right now, and I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. And then I want you to take them out of this office and incorporate them into your life. You ready? Okay, here they are. Stop it! S-T-O-P. New word, I-T. Stop it. At first reading, it can feel like this is Jesus' approach to our anxiety. Just stop it. Do not worry about your life. Well, worry is not quite that easy to turn off. And I'm not sure Jesus' message is quite that simplistic either. 
he's not saying that having people's basic material needs met isn't important. In fact, he shows a great deal of concern for people's material needs when he feeds the hungry with loaves of bread and fish. Or in Matthew 25 when he says, You serve me when you serve those who are hungry, thirsty, in need of clothing. Nor is he saying that a life of faith is a life free from worry without a care or concern or issue. Rather, Jesus is saying, worry about the right things. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus says, and all these things will be given to you as well. Strive to be in God's presence. Strive to build God's world. And we might find that our other worries will either be addressed or placed in their right perspective. As Barbara Essex puts it in her Feasting on the Word article, Jesus is inviting people into God's realm where priorities are clear. In God's community, people look out for each other and share what they have. People take what they need and leave some for others. In God's community, people think about their neighbors even as they think about themselves. So strive to be in God's presence, strive to build God's world, and we'll find that our other worries will either be addressed or placed in their right perspective. Our well-being isn't to be found in material things, but in the presence of God. Strive for that. But when our hearts and minds are caught up in a cycle of worry and anxiety about our lives, our finances, our future, it can be really hard to refocus on the presence and vision of God. Thankfully, our faith tradition has a number of tools we can draw upon. One of them is contemplative prayer. In classic Christian spirituality, it's about slowing down, calming down, being still and silent so that we can turn our awareness and attention to signs of God's presence. In her book, 50 Ways to Pray, Teresa Blythe says that if you're a beginner to contemplative prayer, or if you want to get back to basics, there's no better place to start than with this simple Here I Am prayer, adapted from Anthony Bloom's classic book, Beginning to Pray. Bloom was a Russian Orthodox archbishop who died in 2003, and he wrote this short book in 1970. His Here I Am prayer, it's really simple, short. You can use it on its own or as a prelude to other prayer or journaling or the reading of scripture. So I'm going to lead you through this contemplative prayer right now. And I know already some of you are going to find this moving and relaxing and others might find it weird or uncomfortable. Just keep an open mind. If you're uncomfortable, maybe just ask yourself, why is that? Maybe take note of what I'm saying so that you could try this on your own time later. I promise this will only take a Get comfortable in your seated position. If you'd like, you may close your eyes. Silently say to yourself, here I am seated, doing nothing. I will do nothing for the next few minutes. Begin noticing your bodily presence, how your body feels in your chair, how you feel the floor beneath your feet. Relax your body. 
Notice what you feel inside. Now notice the presence of all that is around you. Say to yourself, here I am in the presence of this room. Be aware of the things that surround you, the walls, perhaps the people, the furniture. Just be present and silent in your environment. Relax even more. Now say to yourself, here I am in the presence of God. Repeat silently to yourself, here I am, here I am, here I am. Amen. Contemplative prayer is one way to press pause on our worry, to refocus on the presence of God, filling ourselves with the Spirit so we can, with clear priorities and resolute hearts, tackle today's troubles, which Jesus says is enough for today. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening. My name is Katherine Elsden, and this is a ministry of Bethel Maidstone United Church. If you like this episode, I hope you'll check out our next in the series. We're going to explore the tradition of lament as a way of faithfully expressing our deep emotions before God. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.